Coming up on Jerusalem Dateline, as the death toll rises in Turkey and Syria, the heartbreaking shift from rescue efforts to recovery. And a new African nation opens an embassy in Israel. A social media influencer talks about Israeli relief efforts in Turkey and Syria. And former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo offers his take on China's spy balloon. Plus, Hall of Fame pitcher John Smoltz and his wife Catherine visit the Holy Land. All this and more on this edition of Jerusalem Dateline. Hello and welcome to this edition of Jerusalem Dateline. I'm Julie Stahl. Wrenching images from Turkey and Syria have captured the world's attention. We've seen amazing stories of courage and tenacity as rescue teams work day and night in the cold to pull people out of flattened buildings. We've also seen the heartbreak as rescue efforts are being abandoned to become recovery efforts. The death toll now is more than 21,000 and is expected to go much, much higher. Our CBN News team is on the ground with Operation Blessing in Turkey. We spoke with Middle East Bureau Chief Chris Mitchell about the latest. Chris, what's the situation like there on the ground in Turkey? What are you seeing and hearing? Well, right now we're in Adana, uh, Julie. It really is hard to describe. You can see right behind me there's a, a collapsed building. You can multiply that thousands of times throughout this region. You can see the men upstairs uh, on the pile of rubble digging literally by hand to try to find survivors. We were told that they have found no survivors in this particular building. They did tragically find a, a dead body there uh, just a few hours ago. But uh, we're in Adana. It was it was hit. Some of the uh, places around here, like this collapsed building, were hit, hit very hard. But uh, we're we're just seeing just the tip of the iceberg from what we've been told. It's really devastation. Somebody uh, described it sort of like a tsunami. Wow. You know, Chris, uh, we we've heard that there's many international groups there helping. What kinds of things are they doing for for the Turkish people? Well, when we landed at the airport earlier today, there was one called Gideon Rescue. It's actually a Christian group that is doing search and rescue. They had three dogs with them. They were going to a, a city called Hatay that's been really damaged. Uh, so that's one group. Another group is Operation Blessing, CBN's Operation Blessing that is on the ground right now. We talked to the head of the operation here, Diego Traverso, earlier today, and they're, they're getting... Uh, they, they were actually doing search and rescue themselves yesterday because that's the urgent need right now. Uh, they don't have enough search and rescue teams. Uh, Diego was telling us they have about 10% of the buildings can be searched because of the limited number of search and rescue teams I have. That's, that's the tragedy. And let me tell you something else, Judy. People that are trapped in the rubble are actually using social media. They're getting on Twitter to tell people where they are. So that's one way people can find them. It's, it's really a tragedy, but that's one, uh, an unusual way, a way of uh, social media I've never heard used before. Yeah, that's amazing that they would have Wi-Fi in a, t a situation like this. Yeah. So do you, can, you t can you tell us a little bit more about uh, the other kinds of things that, that people are doing? I know there's an Israeli field hospital there. Uh, what, what are the needs of the people at this point? Well, the, the first need right now is search and rescue because of the cold weather and because of the length of time from the, from the earthquake. That's the first priority right now. But as you mentioned, the idea of hospital is set up. It's about 100 miles from where we are. We hope to get there in the next few days. But they're setting it up for the injured right now. Uh, and also, there are people that are homeless, so they need shelter, they need food, they need blankets, and they need comfort. Uh, we just passed uh, into this area, and you could just tell the number of people that were grieving, tears in their eyes 
guys and uh, maybe some of their loved ones were lost in this uh, particular building. But I, I think a combination of things, search and rescue, uh, <coughs> food, basic needs like uh, like shelter, but also they need they need hope and they need comfort. Do, do you have any idea, Chris, how many different uh, countries are contributing here? Do we have any well, idea of that? Just a few days ago, we heard there were at least 65. Uh, when we got to the airport, we saw people from Denmark, I believe Sweden, the United States, the European Union, the United Nations, all were working together to, to help out this situation. So I would say dozens, maybe as many as 70 or more countries that are right now involved in this, uh, in this effort to help the people, rescue the people, and help the survivors. Well, Chris, thank you so much for joining us. Please stay safe, stay warm there. We're praying for you and for the people of Turkey. It's, uh, the images coming out of there are just horrific. And we, we know that you're going to be a blessing there also to the people. And thank you so much. The Central African nation of Chad is the latest Muslim country to open an embassy in Israel. Top Israeli leaders welcomed Chad's president, Mahamat Debi, and hailed the closer ties between the two countries. Chad and Israel renewed relations four years ago after Netanyahu began an outreach to boost Israel's economic and security sphere in African and Muslim nations. The new embassy is located in the Tel Aviv suburb of Ramat Gan. Up next, looking beyond politics, to extend a helping hand to people in desperate need. Names from the Old Testament are being unearthed all over the city of Jerusalem. This was amazing. Come as close as you can get to personalities that are known from the Bible. Astonishing discoveries made today. A jaw-dropping moment of Bible archaeology. This is much more than a thrill. This is actual history that took place here on the site where we sit right now. Confirm the kings and prophets of the Bible left real evidence of their lives. Right time, the right place, with the right people. And one of the most significant finds in recent history. Exactly as the Bible tells us happened in the days of King Hezekiah. Written in stone, kings and prophets. We have the Bible and we have archaeologists. Killing our story, it's matching. The Old Testament is a reliable history book. Get your copy today for a gift of any dollar amount. Call now or go to cbn.com slash written in stone. Download the CBN News app, 24-7 News, from a Christian perspective at home or on the road. One place for all of your news. Breaking news alerts. Set daily prayer goals and pray for news stories. Read the most important news and watch CBN News Channel Live. CBN News, because truth matters. Go to CBNNewsApp.com to get the app today. The Bible tells us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. In CBN's free guide, 10 Ways You Can Pray for Israel, you'll learn spiritual lessons from Israel's patriarchs, prophets, and beloved New Testament leaders, while also discovering how you can pray for Israel today. Get your free copy. Call 1-800-700-7000 or go to cbn.com slash pray for Israel. 
Ananya Naftali describes himself on YouTube as that guy who talks to the camera about Israel in the Middle East. He has two million followers on social media and advises Prime Minister Netanyahu on messaging. Chris Mitchell spoke with him recently about the latest events in the Middle East. Hananya Naftali, great to have you here in our studio in Jerusalem Bayline. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Right now, there's a devastating earthquake that hit uh, Turkey and Syria. Uh, tell us what Israel is doing uh, to help out, and why does Israel always seem to be some of the first responders to these kind of natural disasters? First of all, I, I have to say that as an Israeli Jew, it breaks my heart to see that our neighbors in Turkey, they're going through something horrific. And I'm very glad that my country stood up for Turkey and already sent a delegation of about 150 uh, military search and rescue mm -hmm. uh, personnel. And on top of uh, tons of humanitarian aid, they're going to set up a, a field hospital to help people there on the ground. And I have to say that it gives me uh, flashbacks to my military service. Because when I served in the Israeli army, um, I was in the tanks and later a combat medic. And the one thing that they taught us in the Israeli army when I was a combat medic, is to treat everybody and to treat Palestinians, Syrians, uh, just like we treat Israelis. That's exactly what we did. We would treat uh, Palestinians when no one else would. We treated Syrians during the civil war. And it's really interesting to, to see how Israel, although we are a small country, uh, we do follow up on that Bible verse to be a light unto the nations mm -hmm. and to uh, send help to our friends in need. Because this is uh, true friendship is... Uh, you can really see a true friendship when there are times of crisis. Yeah. So um, I'm very happy that uh, we are there to assist with whatever is needed. Mm -hmm. And as someone who is on social media, I see a lot of uh, uh, messages from Turkish people that really appreciate this. So it does touch my heart as it touches theirs. Yeah, and part of Tikkun Olam, the Jewish concept of healing the world. Uh, but you're also on the front lines of an information battle that Israel goes through. I, I mean, even now, as you hear comments... You hear pro-comments from, say, Turkish, but you also hear negative comments from other people. Talk about that. Yeah, so, you know, in, in the past few days, I've been talking a lot on social media. I, I, I do really believe in, in the power of social media. So I talked a lot about the situation in Turkey, and I got a lot of uh, messages co and comments from Turkish people appreciating what, what we are doing. But then, on the other hand, I also got comments from anti-Israel activists that were, would comment, free Palestine. Israel should stop killing Palestinian children. This is madness. Instead of commenting, I pray for Turkey. We care for Turkish lives. They, they uh, incite more hatred against Israel. And it only shows their true colors, in my opinion, that they don't care for Turkish lives. They don't care for Palestinian lives. They only care about hating Israel. And it really breaks my heart because as an Israeli Jew, I do care for the Palestinians. I do care for my neighbors. And mm -hmm. I, I, I want to see... Um, you know, more people care about them, but it's really uh, heartbreaking to see that they, they advocate against Israel, not out of love for the Palestinians, but out of hate for Israel. When I advocate and defend my country, I do this because I love my country and also because I love my neighbors. I was never taught to hate the Palestinians. Mm -hmm. Final question, Hananya. Uh, um, the Middle East is changing. I mean, and many times for the good. So talk about that and... and uh, in, in our last... Absolutely. I, I have to say that this is something that I hope the viewers are, are following closely because the Middle East is changing. The Middle East of, of today is not the Middle East of yesterday. 
And I'm certain that the Middle East of tomorrow is going to be even more beautiful. We are seeing, despite all the conflicts, we are seeing more and more Arabs that open, open up to the idea that Israel is no longer their enemy, but rather a partner, a partner for great economy partnerships, uh, for peace partnerships. And it's really amazing to see that more and more Arabs and Arab leaders, they see Israel as a partner and not as an enemy. And uh, we, we, we see this on, uh, especially on social media, getting uh, contacts and messages from people in Oman, in Saudi Arabia, in uh, the UAE, of course, Bahrain, Morocco. So I, I do hope that we will see this circle of peace uh, extended. Um, and hopefully Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu will be able to forge more peace agreements. Some of the hopeful news coming out of the Middle East. Uh, Ananya Neftali, great to be with you. Thank you very much. Up next, former U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo talks about China's recent intelligence gathering stunt in the U.S. Now, for a limited time, you can get five of CBN's critically acclaimed documentaries. Experience the rebirth of the modern state of Israel. A historic bond between the Jewish people and the land of Israel cannot be broken. Relive the battle for Jerusalem in the Six-Day War. Jerusalem is yours forever. Discover how Israeli volunteers are changing the world. When people need us, we volunteer and we come and help. Explore the world of Israeli technological innovation. We're people of dreams. God gives us dreams. And that's really the roots, I think, of, of much of our innovation. And understand the biggest land dispute in history. Many Palestinian Arabs claim that the Jews stole Arab land. But is that the real story? This exclusive Israel DVD collection can be yours for a gift of $29.99 or more. Call now or go online to get your Israel DVD bundle, which includes streaming access. Come home to the sounds of Southern Gospel from CBN Radio. You'll enjoy a rich Southern blend of bluegrass, classic gospel, and Southern gospel favorites like the Gaithers, the Crab Family, and bluegrass sounds like Mountain Faith. So make yourself at home with the all-new CBN Southern Gospel, now available at CBNRadio.com. Introducing a brand new way to start your morning, the CBN News Quick Start Podcast. Each weekday morning at 7 a.m., get quick highlights of the day's important news, then an in-depth analysis that goes beyond the headlines, insights that matter to people of faith. Discover how God is moving around the world and here at home. Find the CBN News Quick Start Podcast on iTunes or wherever you enjoy listening to podcasts, because truth matters. A Chinese spy balloon traveling across the U.S. captured the world's attention recently. It drifted down from Alaska and across the United States for seven days before the U.S. military shot it down off the coast of South Carolina. Former U.S. Secretary of State and CIA Director Mike Pompeo recently spoke with Andrew Knox from the 700 Club about this event, U.S. Intelligence Matters, Israel, and more. But first, David Brody brings us a look at Pompeo's impressive background. When it comes to seller resumes, Mike Pompeo's is hard to beat. First in his class at West Point, a Harvard Law degree, 
U.S. congressman, CIA director, secretary of state, and quite possibly a presidential candidate in 2024. You've said you're considering yeah. it. How close are you to making it? So as for that, uh, Susan and I are thinking, praying, trying to figure out if this is the next place to go serve, but we haven't come to that conclusion. We'll do but so. But how close are you? We'll, we'll, we'll figure this out in the next handful of months. Ever since leaving the Trump administration, Pompeo has been showing up regularly in key early primary states like Iowa and New Hampshire. Well, good morning, everyone. And now he's written the new book, Never Give an Inch, about his time in the White House. The book is no nonsense, just like the author, detailing many of his relationships with heads of state from all around the world, including a surprise interaction with Kim Jong-un of North Korea. As for President Trump, Pompeo writes plenty of kind words, although he dishes criticism toward entrenched Washington bureaucrats and certain former administration officials like John Bolton and Nikki Haley, who's expected to announce her run for the presidency soon. Now, following this new book, attention shifts to the next chapter for Mike Pompeo. David Brody, CBN News, Washington. All right, thank you, David. Well, former Secretary of State and CIA Director Mike Pompeo is with us now. His new book is called Never Give an Inch. I read it cover to cover. It is fascinating. And it's an Amazon and New York Times bestseller. Mr. Secretary, thanks for being with us today. It's great to be with you this morning. Thank you for having me on. Well, we're so glad you're here, especially today with all the news going on. Let's start with a Chinese spy balloon. The U.S. military shot it down on Saturday. What's your take on how the Biden administration handled it? And how do you respond to reports that similar balloons flew over portions of the U.S. during the Trump administration? Well, goodness. Uh, first of all, you got it right. It was a spy balloon. We should note that the Chinese say it was a weather balloon. You shouldn't forget they told us that the Wuhan virus wasn't going to spread. It wasn't contagious. They hid everything there, too. They are liars. They are lying about this. This was certainly an effort to collect against important information that America doesn't want in the hands of the Chinese Communist Party. And that leads to your question, which is, I cannot figure out for the life of me why the Biden administration chose to allow this to traverse Alaska down through the United States across significant military installations here in the homeland. Uh, they'll have to explain that to the American people. Uh, they could have taken this down much earlier. They could have done so with relatively little risk to folks on the ground. I'm confident of that. For some reason, they decided not to until uh, some folks in Montana made it public. Uh, my guess is that that not happened, they might have let it move out of the United States and never told the American people. And I've seen too, you're right, I've seen the stories that said this happened on our watch. I can speak to this. I never knew about it. And a balloon the size of three buses slowly making its way against uh, our heartland uh, for days. I'm pretty confident the CIA director or the Secretary of State would have been told about. President says he wasn't told. Two national security advisors said they didn't know. Uh, I, I, I await anxiously to find out what happened. I hope it's not the case that the military knew and didn't tell its political leadership, but I can certainly say that I know of no one in the administration at the political senior level that was aware of such a action taking place on our watch. We wouldn't have allowed it to happen for five days. All right, well, let's turn to another flashpoint, the Middle East. There's been a surge in Palestinian terrorism against Israel recently, sponsored by Iran. Based upon your years directing the CIA, followed by serving as Secretary of State, how should we deal with Iran's terrorism and their nuclear program? You know, I spent a lot of time on this issue and never give an inch. We had one good partner, the rightful homeland of the Jewish people, the nation of Israel, and we were locked in. We moved the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. We acknowledged the Golan Heights for the rightful land of the people of Israel, and then we punished 
the regime in Iran. And that's what I wish this administration would do, too. You can't appease the Ayatollah. You can't appease President Raisi, who's the butcher of Tehran. Uh, these are folks who only know power. And when, when I see the Biden administration trying to get back into a nuclear deal, which guarantees a pathway to a nuclear weapon for Iran, that is dangerous for Israel. It is dangerous for the people of the United States of America, and it is dangerous for people in the Middle East as well. We built peace on the Abraham Accords. Uh, this, these folks, the Biden administration has now tried to make play footsie with the Iranians. That's really not good for America. Well, you mentioned the Abraham Accords, and in your book, you write with great enthusiasm about them. And toward the end of the book, I took note of this. You said, we've gone from wondering if they would be possible to guessing which Arab country will join next. <laughs> Why are the Abraham Accords so important to Israel? Well, important to Israel because you now have four fewer nations that have as their central thesis of their national security destroying the the project the zionist project taking down the nation of israel so that's a lot less risk it's also the case that now the israelis will trade with them they'll be security partners with them lives will be better for emiratis and sudanese and moroccans and bahrainis and israelis and importantly andrew for the united states uh, the abraham accords demark a moment when the risk that we have to send our young boys and girls to fight and risk their lives in the middle east is greatly diminished it was such an important accomplishment. I pray that they will continue and grow. I pray that other nations will join and they will all come to see Israel as a nation that is noble and important in the world. Coming up, Hall of Fame pitcher John Smoltz and his wife Catherine share about a trip to Israel that changed their lives. Orphans Promise is committed to loving and serving at-risk children, to helping keep families together, and to creating opportunities for strong and sustainable communities around the world. We're working in over 60 countries around the world, and with your help, we can do even more. There's an old African proverb I love that says, if you want to run fast, run alone. But if you want to run far, run together. At Orphan's Promise, we want to run far so we can touch the lives of as many orphaned and vulnerable children as possible. But we don't want to go alone. We're out to change the world, one child, one family, one community at a time. Will you join us? Here, we're committed to a heritage of rigorous scholarship dating back over a thousand years. And to a faith tradition dating back a thousand more. This is how we create a culture of inquiry where no topic is off limits. And a culture of hope. Anything's possible! It's Christian leadership. And it's changing the world for the better. It's higher learning. It's greater knowing. It's what makes us whole. It's what makes us region. Experience God on a new level. Empowering the believer is what this podcast is really all about. Discover insights into scriptures. Be encouraged by inspired teaching. Everyone listening. Everyone. You can be a chosen vessel. The Lesson with Gordon and Ashley. What did Jesus get? Everything that the Father has. Yes. Learn more about what God has for you. The Lesson on cbnfamily.com and YouTube. 
Hall of Fame pitcher John Smoltz became a household name to baseball fans after a 22-year run with the Atlanta Braves. He and his wife, Catherine, came to Israel recently, and it changed their lives. Visiting Israel seems to be a transformative experience for nearly everyone, and always has been. The 19th century British Prime Minister Benjamin Disraeli wrote in one of his novels, the view of Jerusalem is the history of the world. It is more, it is the history of earth and of heaven. It was no different from Major League Hall of Famer John Schmoltz when he and his wife Catherine took a trip recently to the Holy Land. Baseball fans all know about Schmoltz's extraordinary career, but he says the impact of this trip took even him by surprise, and he's no stranger to remarkable moments. Well, thanks to my lovely wife putting it together and making all the ends meet, um, I'm more of an introvert when it comes to traveling, even though you would think all I did was travel in my big league career. But that travel was different to when you're traveling abroad. But man, I can't get over my what my eyes have seen, what my heart has felt in this uh, seven days or six days that we've been here. And I just think it's more of, for me, has been a heart transformation, humbling experience that at no point would I go home and try to be the same? I don't think it's possible. Did your baseball experience translate here? Did it? Yeah, kind of. You know, I, 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 whenever I'm at a place I've never been before, and now we've been here in Italy and seen some historic, you know, Rome, and just it, it blows me away um, to the fact that I start going back to thinking, what would I do? I put myself in the places of the particular person who might live there back in that time, and, and I always wonder, what would I do? How would I survive? What would I? What would be my tactics? That's kind of the, the athlete in me in, in everything that I do, whether it's now broadcasting or it's trying to figure out, you know, back in 2000, how, starting a Christian school. Just that, that whole how-to, what am I going to do? And, and really, again, seeing the people here and their attitudes and their love for their people and their culture was um, was pretty incredible. Well, I got to be re-baptized in the Jordan River, and that was very powerful. We'll never forget it. Um, I would say going to the Garden of Gethsemane and thinking about Christ there before he was crucified and died for us, that was really powerful. And getting to pray in the Church of All Nations just brought so much to my heart. I could barely pull it together to leave. It was so powerful. Um, but one of the neat things for me is I really wanted to prepare my heart for coming here and not look at it as, okay, we're going to see some sights. But I read from Ezra to Malachi in chronological order, really wanted to understand um, the history of Israel with the Lord and could see God's love for Israel and um, walking through the streets of Jerusalem and thinking about Zechariah 8 where God said that men and women would sit in the streets and children would be laughing in the streets and we were seeing that. And, I, and just that feeling of prophecy coming to life and seeing that was very, very powerful. Another thing that I noted here is how it must feel to live in Israel as the Jewish people and have the people surrounding you not want you here at all. And I just can't imagine the fortitude of living here every day, and that just blows me away. And it also points back to God's protection over them. As I can tell you without a doubt, 
my perspective of things has totally changed. My humility and humbleness for the way I used to think based on the news that I would have been fed or were thought was true, not even close. John, Catherine, a real privilege to be with you here. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for having Thank us. you so much. We're grateful to be journey. here. Let's remember to pray for Turkey and Syria and the ongoing rescue and recovery efforts there. That's all for this edition of Jerusalem Dateline. Thanks for joining us. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also access CBN content and other CBN with our other CBN apps. And don't forget to sign up for our email blasts so you can continue to receive our updates. I'm Julie Stahl. We'll see you next time on Jerusalem Dateline.